Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. These midterm elections are so critical. First bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. On January 22nd, 2023, we're going to have pro-life majorities in the House and the Senate. Putin is making reckless nuclear threats. Gas prices are now trending higher. The president's next move forward. Could help drop the price at the pump. Caused by President Biden. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome in. It is Wednesday's edition of News and Views. Tom, Benny, and Clark. And uh, we're going to be joined in a little bit by Drock Vincent, with Drock Vincent. He is running for the North Carolina House District 8. Chance for you to meet him. A lot to talk about between now and uh, when we bring Drock on more information was released on the 15-year-old Raleigh shooter. His name was Austin Thompson. His parents, Alan and Elise Thompson of Raleigh, have identified their son Austin as the 15-year-old gunman behind last week's devastating mass shooting that left five people dead, including the shooter's brother. Words cannot begin to describe our anguish and sorrow, the parents wrote, according to the Associated Press. Our son Austin inflicted immeasurable pain on the Raleigh community, and we are overcome with grief for the innocent lives lost. They added, we pray for the families and loved ones of Nicole Connors, Susan Carnatz, Mary Marshall, Raleigh police officer Gabriel Torres. We mourn for their loss and the loss of our own son, James. Details of any motive behind the attack have not yet been released. There were never any indications or warning signs that Austin was capable of doing anything like this, they wrote. Our family will continue to cooperate fully with law enforcement officers and officials and do whatever we can to help them understand why and how this happened. The shooter, Austin, remains hospitalized in critical condition. The gunman opened fire near the Noose River Greenway in Raleigh just after 5 p.m. last Thursday taken into custody about three hours later after he was allegedly contained in a nearby home. The crime scene spanned over two miles, according to the chief of police, Estella Patterson. Patterson identified the deceased off-duty police officer as Gabriel Torres, 29 years old. He was on his way to work at the time. The Wake County Public School System confirmed to Fox News on Friday that James Thompson was in the 11th grade. Austin Thompson was in the 10th grade at Nightdale High School. Police are asking anyone with additional information to the shooting to call 919-996-1193. The Thompson family remembered their son James as having enjoyed deep sea fishing, playing upward basketball and various games on his PlayStation 4. He enjoyed visits to his grandmother's house, amusements, parks, sporting events, and trips to the beach in the mountains. The family has uh, has scheduled a celebration of life for 7 p.m. tomorrow night at the Trinity Baptist Church in Raleigh. A sad, sad, sad story. Uh, You grieve for everyone involved in this. Uh, Unfortunately, North Carolina Democrats have uh, pleaded with the General Assembly's Republican majority, did this yesterday, to consider gun safety and mental health issues citing last week's shooting, uh, Tim Moore basically has said, listen, let the law enforcement complete their job before we jump into your political aspirations. My word's not his. Uh, Let's pray for the victims, pray for the families. 
Democrat speakers on Tuesday said they were hopeful for bipartisan support on expanding further mental health services for young people, including those through schools. Uh, the two-year state budget approved in late 21 provided funds to schools to hire the equivalent of 115 additional school psychologists. Blue said, Dan Blue said the school psychologist to student ratio in public schools remains low. Um, I, 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 I agree with Tim Moore. We need to dig deeper. Let me point out, though, that um, there is, if, if you begin to, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, just go Google it, and you can find this information rather, rather quickly. But it's going to be really interesting to find out whether or not this Austin Thompson was a, a heavy user of marijuana. The THC in today's marijuana is significantly higher than it was just a few years ago in the 90s. It, they say the THC is 20 times higher than the marijuana that uh, was being smoked up at uh, what was the, the big Woodstock. rock concert at Woodstock. Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you, if you look at some of these mass shootings, and again, I'm not, you know, this, this is just a glance. I haven't done an empirical study on it. I'm sure others are going to do this, but while Democrats want to come down on the right to bear arms at the same time, they're doing that in ta- in uh, state after state where they're controlled by Democrats, they're passing a thumbs up to recreational use of marijuana. Marijuana use has been linked to more and more mass shooters, including the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooter, killed 17 people, the Aurora Movie Theater shooter, who killed 12, the Umpqua Community College shooter, I don't even remember that one, killed nine, the Texas Church shooter, killed 26, the Pulse Nightclub shooter, killed 49, the um, uh, Gabby, um, the the congresswoman in Arizona. Yeah, her husband's yeah. Uh, running for Senate re-election. Again, re-election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her shooter. Gifford. Gabby Gifford. Gifford. Yeah, Gabby Gifford. Her shooter was a heavy marijuana user. So um, a 2020 U.S. Uh, Secret Service study of mass attacks found that nearly half of the perpetrators had a history of substance abuse, including with marijuana and other illicit drugs. Among teenagers, marijuana is more popular today than cigarette smoking. Yeah, and the thing about it is, to the political left, um, you know, and again, we don't know anything. I mean, there's been very little information about this shooting that's been released. This is the most I've seen in yeah. these articles that came um, out today. But the, to your point about marijuana use, the Democrat left just act like mar- marijuana use. You know, obviously everyone knows, you know, smoking is bad for you. I mean, it is. Right. It's probably one of the worst things you can do for your health, right. probably. And but the Democrat left, progressive left, acts like marijuana is different. Yeah. And you know, when they they talk about you know, legalize the marijuana, legalize the marijuana, legalize the marijuana, and all this, well, you know, there's something called driving while impaired and driving while impaired is not necessarily just alcohol right and i see it around greenville i see it around eastern north carolina where i when i pull up stoplights and i see people sm- openly smoking marijuana while they're driving while they're driving can you imagine if a guy had a fifth of bourbon oh yeah and while it, he was driving and it's just like you know I, I can't help but think that um well you know we have one political party that just discounts like it's oh it's nothing wrong with it. it's all natural it's green 
you know. Oh, and you have the cackling hyena who laughs about it. That's what she smoked up and. But it's mind-altering drug, without a doubt. Now, you know, alcohol, the same thing can be (laughs) said about alcohol, but to a much less extent. I mean, obviously alcohol ruins a lot of lives, too. But, I mean, I've got friends that uh, will tell you that are recovering um, substance abuse people earlier in their life. And they they say, you know, to this this notion that marijuana is not a gateway drug, that's horse manure. Well, Newsmax wrote in June of this year, virtually everyone ignores the obvious reason for the dramatic increase in these tragedies of the mass shootings. Democrats push legalizing marijuana, which has become three to four times more potent than it was only just a few years ago. And according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, leads to psychosis at a rate five times greater than among those who did not smoke pot, not to mention a reported link between marijuana use and schizophrenia, paranoia, and psychotic disorders. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can you can drink too much bourbon and uh, wake up the next day, uh, and you can do it for a long period of time. It's not going to be good for your liver. I mean, you can have all <laughs> kinds of long-term issues. But um, it, it is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not promoting this. But understand that it, you're not going to have the same effects as you would if you were a chronic smoker of uh, cannabis. And, and again, there's not a lot of information out on this yet. But also, <clears throat> yeah, I can't help the, the the probably the biggest mental health crisis we, we will face in our lifetime that of a period of time is this COVID period of time because. Right. And you, you've had the progressive left with the national teachers' organizations just jumped up and down. They yeah. still don't want kids back in yeah. school. Yeah. And, you know, all, all the parents don't have the benefit of someone like me that can have a, have someone at home with their kids. And for, you know, for two years, kids, there was a lot of kids in America by, at home by Lots themselves. Yeah. And, you know, at this day and age, it's almost impossible to keep a kid off the internet i mean all, i mean you have to really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to you lock down everything under sun and the thing that they have access to that that you know alters their brain i think more than drugs um it is a drug it is a drug and and they can they can see things that's make-believe and and at some point they get in their mind it's not make-believe we don't know what happened here but it's just uh, it's, it's so, oh yeah, it's well, so, I, yeah. I've to that end, I've said for years some of these shoot 'em up games. You you they play them over and over and over again for hours a day, day after day after day. Uh, does that? I, I again, I'm not. Yeah, and and I'm hot. not saying it, it it fools them into doing something like that, thinking well the person's going to get up and start over again. But it, it's um, it's it's rough. And look at what comes out of Hollywood. I yeah. mean, I. I would think nine out of ten things that come out of Hollywood productions has a severe violence in it, gun, yeah. gun violence. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, you know, that's all you want to talk about is the gun. Yeah. It's more to it than yeah. that. Yeah. We're going to take a time out. Stay with us. Lots more news and views for a Wednesday right after this. 
As the clock here we go again counts down, the American people are going to have an opportunity this fall to November eighth to give a midterm report card. The rhetoric, character assassination is eating up. They don't really care about facts and truth. I have never seen an election cycle like this one. It's whatever is going to make the opposition look bad. Midterm election coverage happens here. We are taking our country back. The game of politics gets exposed, and this is Eastern Carolina. Place to talk with Tom and Benny on News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 13 days to All Saints Day, which means it's 12 days to Halloween. Taking a quick look at your weather <laughs> forecast. Yeah, and what are you dressing up as? <laughs> Speaking of witches, uh, uh, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, tonight, a clear sky. Again, chance of frost. There was frost on my windshield this morning. Mine too. I. I and you know, I was kind of worried about because I love this time of year for plants, and we and we well, I don't. I just I just do what my wife tells me to do. But we you know we've got a lot of mums around, and everything's decorated for fall. Sure. And I'm just worried, a little worried about them. We had some yeah. frost. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was severe, but it was enough to to freeze on the windshield anyway. It sure was. Tonight's low is going to be lower than last night at 34. I think the predicted low for last night was 36. Uh, tomorrow, sunny skies, a high of 66, a low of 37 tomorrow night with clear skies. Friday, nice. High near 70. Friday night, clear skies, a low of 42. So it's a uh, pretty good forecast coming up. Golf day. Well, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Got to do a little work every now and then. Um, have you heard about this comment, the Stacey Abrams? I guess it was made this morning <laughs> during an interview with MSNBC. A number of people, and I agree, have called her comments demonic. Georgia uh, Democrat gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, excuse me, suggested abortion could be one way of addressing inflation concerns. Uh, this this is beyond the pale. During an interview on MSNBC, contributor Mike Barnacle acknowledged that abortion is an issue but reminded abrams that it does not reach the level of interest such as the cost of gas food bread milk etc he wondered what the democrat could do if elected governor to alleviate the concerns of georgia voters about these daily economic issues but abrams argued that abortion and inflation were related this is unbelievable even coming from an extreme progressive but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. But we also have to talk about what a governor can do. A governor can address housing prices. A governor can address the cost of education. A governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hardworking Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to the wealthy. That's what I talk about on the trail, and that's what's resonating. But let's not pretend that women, half the population, 
especially those of childbearing age, they understand that having a child is absolutely an economic issue. It is only politicians who see it as simply another cultural conversation. It is a real biological and economic imperative conversation that women need to have. Okay, let me translate. Mm. Hey, is inflation getting you down? No worries. Kill your kid. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. That's exactly what she is saying. I mean, this, this woman is not married, surprise, does not have any children. Obviously, the concept of the love of a mother and a father for their child. Now, I, I, I realize there's, there's a handful of bad parents out there. 99% of parents would not think twice about laying their own lives down to protect their children. And Stacey Abrams, okay, well, she's talking about in the womb. It's still your child. Yeah. Think about, uh, yeah, this is the progressive left. This is what controls the Democrat yeah. Party now. Don't forget, because I, 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 I knew I'd remember this, but don't forget on May 10th of 2022, Treasury Secretary, Secretary Janet Yellen said that uh, banning abortion would be very damaging That's to right. the economy. That's right. I remember that. Think about yes. that. Yes. And she, and she actually um, she was actually challenged in her, her uh, testifying before Congress. She was actually challenged by Tim Scott from South Carolina, yeah. if you remember. Yeah, that yeah because, he, I mean, if, if Tim Scott's mom had followed Janet Yellen's advice, Tim Scott wouldn't be around. Right. <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, he actually – he, he later in that hearing he says, you know that that's that sounds pretty callous to me for you to say that. And I mean he he, he was the only one that even challenged it. Yelling this. My point is bringing yelling up with Stacey Abrams. I mean that that is the playbook of the progressive yes. left, the Democrat yes. Party now. Yes. They yes. don't care, and that's why that's why when they talk about restrictions on abortions, they don't talk about them. They want none. none. Exactly. They want that decision to be up to the mother Bingo. to the point when the baby is born and in the doctor's hands and the doctor says, do you want it or not? That's, that's, exactly, what the Democrat, that's exactly what Ralph that's, Northam said that's, verbatim. And that's exactly what the Democrat Party stands for, the powers of the Democrat Party. And if you Democrats out there are listening to me right now and you can support that, you got a problem. Yeah. I'm, ta- I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call it the way I see it. She acts as if abortion is equivalent to cutting off your subscription to HBO. Yeah. I mean, it's the truth. Uh, well, you know, you can't afford HBO. You can't afford to have a kid, yeah, inflation, so let's get rid of them. Yeah, inflation got you down, cut your cable bill, you know? Good Lord. I mean, and and shame on the mainstream media for allowing such evil to be suggest, suggested with no pushback. And, and and the other thing that sickens me about this is Stacey Abrams, along with Warlock, have the audacity to parade around claiming what fine, committed Christians they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. me sick. And to your point, the news media, and if they're in a debate at all, they will not be challenged on these positions because the news media, which is, I mean, just absolutely a mouthpiece for the Democrat Party, they they know they they can't challenge them because that is the Democrat Party's position now. Absolutely, no restrictions on abortion right after birth. That that's what they stand for. To your point, the Georgia debate moderator. Who, who moderated the debate between Stacey Abrams and Governor Kemp 
is accused of, quote, fan service for saying Stacey Abrams is on the side of public opinion. (laughs) Conservatives accuse one of the Georgia gubernatorial debate moderators of embarrassing fan service for his question asking, how is it possible that Democrat candidate Stacey Abrams is down on the poll when she is on the side of public opinion on major issues? That's how he introduces one of his questions. Oh, no bias there. (laughs) <laughs> no bias there. You know, I'd like to ask that mental jot, the, the simple question. If the side of a public opinion is that he would be taken out and hung just because the majority thinks that, yeah. is that what we should do? Yeah. I mean, we, we don't live in a mob rule um, society of where, you know. Let's take a poll, and if let, the if majority feels this way, then let's you know, yeah, go out and hang them. If we don't like Tom Glamprick and, and 51% don't like him, let's take him out and hang him. That's not the way a Careful constitutional <laughs> That's not the way a constitutional republic where you have a rule of law works. Yeah. And for these idiots in the media to even say that just shows you how ignorant they are. By the way, speaking of debates, the congressional debate between incumbent Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger up in uh, Virginia and Republican Yelsey Vega that was scheduled for this Friday has now been canceled. The event was reportedly agreed upon, but Spanberger decided to run into the bunker when she heard the person moderating the debate was a senior columnist, Larry O'Connor, who writes for Town Hall, a conservative publication. How many debates have Republicans been in where they had to have you know some npr progressive moderating or some <laughs> over uh, zealous uh, progressive like candy crowley yeah up there debating and i mean we've been putting up with this for <clears throat> decades and finally finally somebody had the common sense to say well you know what maybe we ought to instead of going ahead and getting the token uh liberal from the mainstream media or from NPR, maybe we should actually go and invite one of these other conservative publications to participate, you think? <laughs> you know, the Republicans at this stage, they're just lucky enough if the, the debate moderator has not slipped the questions to the Democrat oh, yeah. prior to the debate, which has happened It before. has happened. I mean, who was, who was the uh, woman that was the uh, Democrat – I was the one Chair. that wrote the book on Barack Obama, and she was uh, what? the black woman. Yeah, uh, what was her name? And and yeah, and she apparently slipped the the questions. Was it was it uh, Hillary Clinton? Clinton? Hillary yeah, Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and, and, and her 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 career didn't take a, any kind of hit for that. No. And on the drive in today, I just happened to hear Mark Rubio. I guess he was on Sean Hannity. I guess is what it was. Right. The station was on. Yeah, it was on our station. Um, and it, Donna, and it, Donna, somebody, Donna, Donna Brazil, Brazil. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, Marco Rubio. To his point, he was right. You know, Republicans just have to accept the fact we when it, when it comes to debates, we we never have a home game. We're always away, yep. and, it, and it's the truth. Yep. yep. Finally, have a home game, and the Democrat doesn't show up. Yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> Carolina Journal is reporting, this is actually made national news, an event billed as a drag queen story hour for children as young as two at the North Carolina Museum of Art and funded by you, North Carolina taxpayer, has reportedly been canceled amid community protests. Thank you for speaking up. And by the way, put this as a feather in your cap that you can speak up. While the majority cowers 
while the majority sits there and says, well, I better not say something. They might not think I'm very nice. I'll be called a homophobe <laughs> or a xenophobe or a raceophobe or whatever phobe. Um, enough people spoke up that they canceled this. Artful story time was brought to light nationally with posts on Twitter and national radio shows. I think you're saying it was on Glenn Beck. The original post by the North Carolina Museum of Art, which has since been removed, said it was to be, quote, a lively story time inspired by art and children's books and was being presented by Stormy Day, one of the drag queens from... I, I mean, the, gotta be gotta be the Durham or Chatham County. It was Durham. It okay. was in Durham. It, it, it's called the the House of C O X X. I'll let you spell it out. No pun intended, right? Oh no, oh, none at all. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it was some gentleman whose last name was Cox. Unbelievable. The description and and somebody that works for the Museum of Art thought this was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, that well, not only to be canceled, the person ought to be canned. They ought to be fired. Well, the North Carolina Museum of Art is primarily funded by taxpayers, but there's also private donations. But you want another little fun factoid? <laughs> Go for it. I, I now, granted, I know I know for a fact this was a fact two years ago. Probably the same same case. But two years ago, the highest paid employee in the state of North Carolina was the director of the North Carolina Museum of Art. Carly Marlowe, director of marketing and communications for the museum, said in an email statement to the Carolina Journal that it was not a scheduled event. When Carolina Journal followed up by asking if the event was canceled, there was no further response from Marlowe by the time the publication uh, of the article, which I'm referring to right here. In an emailed statement to the Carolina Journal, House Speaker Tim Moore said the event was canceled and removed from the museum's website thanks to the outcry from parents. Quote, I'm appalled at the North Carolina Museum of Art would host a drag queen story hour promoted to children as young as two years old. The sexualization of young children is unacceptable, and parents will not stand for it. I, I'm looking at Stormy's picture here uh, yeah, that's, on the Carolina Journal. And, you know, Stormy is a guy with all the equipment dressed full tilt as a woman. Well, we hadn't had equipment check, so we don't know that well, for sure. Not, there's but, no uh, volunteers that are going to go check it either. But but you know, I, you know what? I actually respect her right if or his right, whatever you want to call. I respect his right to, to if he wants to dress like that, that's fine. But this person has no business to be around kids and to be supported and and you know, you got to believe this decision was made you, you got to know the executive director knew about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. You know, Listen, what if you wanted to invite somebody like Franklin Graham into the North Carolina Museum of Art and and share some Bible stories and talk, talk about, about a his... mural of Jesus or yeah, something? You know, yeah. Or, or... Do you think do you think that the liberals are going to say, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Mm. Captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive unabashedly queer role models and this is what we want to push this is what we want to push i mean again if you just want to bring in somebody that wanted to talk about um monogamy within marriage and uh you know how we are born the bible says that we're heterosexuals and that's what we ought to pursue and you think that would that you think that would pass Almost $20 million was allocated to the museum in the North Carolina General Assembly final conference budget for the fiscal year 21-22. Well, the only t- only way you're going to stop this nonsense, well, one, for people to get involved, people lis- listen to you know, 
our radio station, Glenn Beck and, and others, you know, bring this to their attention. And call, calling, you know, after a while, this yeah. kind of stuff works. Yeah. But you know what? Defund them. Oh, big Defund them. Bingo. Now, I don't want to control what's art. But this ain't in freaking this art. art. This doesn't have anything well, to do with to, art. They're trying to sell it as it being art, but Good it's not. Brief. We're going to take a time out. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Drock Vincent, who's running for the North Carolina State House. Find out a little bit about Drock and uh, what his aspirations are if he gets to Raleigh. And will he defund the uh, Stormy Day Story Hour? Let's hope so. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 20 minutes before the top of the hour. Drock Vincent is running for the North Carolina House District 8. That was the seat that was held by Candy Smith, who uh, is now running against Karen Kozel for the Senate seat, the North Carolina Senate seat that Don Davis occupied. He's running for G.K. Butterfield's seat against Sandy Smith. You, you following all that? <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Drock. Drock, welcome in. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, who is Drock Vincent and why have you decided to uh, jump into this race? Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me on today. Uh, my name's Drock Vincent, and I am originally from Greenville, North Carolina. I graduated from Rose in 1990. Went on to East Carolina, graduated in accounting like Benny in 1996. I was a commercial banker for 10 years locally. Um, and then uh, we started Heritage Plank Floors in Aden. And uh, we take down old barns and old warehouses and make wood floors and sell it all over the country. Um, really? I, I, did, I knew you did that, but I didn't realize that was a national uh, deal. Oh, we've driven it to Los Angeles before. We've been to Maine, been to miami um how about that and uh yes it's we've been very fortunate we we survived the great recession barely um i tell people we even fell behind with with henry hinton and uh i paid him back with uh 10 i owed him 3600 dollars. i paid him back with 10 360 dollar checks and uh he wasn't very happy about that but he especially wasn't happy when i told him to cash one every other month so, but uh but you know what he got paid back and so did everybody else and that's a and, that's a that's a good businessman I, i'd listen and anybody that's been in business for themselves can say yeah i i did that i had to do that one time yeah the great recession was mighty humbling we're a manufacturer in the construction industry and that was a terrible place to be but we learned a lot of great lessons and and i'm doing this because i have a, a great staff and it gives me time to do about whatever i want to during the day and um I want to spend that time making Northern Pitt County a better place. Northern Pitt County has been ignored. It's obvious. Everybody knows it. And uh, that's, that's my goal. I'm a conservative. You can count on that. But I want to bring back projects and improvements to Northern Pitt County. Now, House District 8 was, used to be, uh, in fact, I guess it went all the way up almost to, to Tarboro. So it was more than just Pitt County, but but it has now been sort of redrawn. It used to it used to encapsulate a lot of uh, the western half of the northern half of Pitt County, and I guess it went all the way out to Walstenburg and that area in the in right. the previous map. 
Yes. As, as you look at the map and how it's been redrawn now, and basically it's it, again it's the northern half of Pitt County, and uh, and it doesn't go out into any other counties, does it? It's, no, it's all northern Pitt County. It spans from Farmville, Fountain, Falkland, Belvoir, Bethel, Stokes, Pactolis, Grimes, Lennon, Simpson. And it, it goes so all the all, way, yeah, it goes pretty close down, right, right up to Beaufort County. Yeah, That's correct. Yeah. It's, it's all of northern Pitt County. It does not go into any other county. As you look at this, and obviously one of the things you've got to decide when you're thinking about running is, okay, is it feasible to run? I mean, I've been asked to run in certain districts, and I'm thinking – you don't have a shot i mean you look at the demographics and you say to yourself that that is really a hard road to hoe as you look at the way it's been redrawn obviously you thought it's it obviously you wouldn't be running if it wasn't winnable absolutely you know generally this would be about a 53 um to 47 race maybe 53 and a half to 46 and a half race but that's on a normal year with normal candidates um i feel like that uh we're certainly not in a normal year I mean, we can unfortunately name probably 10 things going in the wrong direction in our country right now. And I do believe that I'm a much uh, better candidate um, than my opponent yeah. um, through our, both of our track records. Uh, Drock, I believe yesterday the Greenville Chamber of Commerce had a candidate's forum. And you, did you participate in that yesterday? I did. <clears throat> I, I, did. I didn't get a chance to go. Um, you know, one one issue I was just wondering if was addressed with uh, Miss Brown, you know, the, Ken, Kenny Smith and, and Don Davis in the Senate, Senate seat kind of in the, in the, that represents Pitt County kind of had a history in this last legislature of of not supporting things that were important for Pitt County, the Brody School of Medicine. As I recall, Bethel stood to get a lot of money in that last budget that they that they would not uh, vote to override the veto. So did anybody address with Miss Brown how, how, you know, she was the mayor of Bethel, how would she have voted? Would she have just voted, you know, with the Democrats or uh, or or what? Nobody did address that. However, um, that's very true. I mean, we'd have steel and cranes over there right now if they had just simply overridden that veto. Um, so, you know, we don't have any Republican representation in Pitt County. Um, on the state level. On the on state, the state level. level right, Republicans right. are in charge in, in, in Raleigh, and, and they determine the budget. So I, we need a seat at the table, especially Northern Pitt County needs a seat at the table, and and I'm ready to be that be that voice. As you look at some of the issues that you're going to have to deal with, one of the, one of the issues which it, it, to me is sort of a delight that uh, Republicans get to deal with this. I, I mean, the question is, will we have a supermajority and be able to override the governor? But now that Dobbs has turned Roe v. Wade into a state matter instead of a federal matter, it will be up to the uh, legislature to propose some sort of new legislation of what the parameters of abortion will be in the state of North Carolina. Have you given that any thought, and uh, how would you approach that? Uh, Yes, absolutely. I've given that a ton of thought. I can remember the day when that came down, and I wondered to myself, how in the world did this end up on my plate? Um, But – I am pro-life. Uh, my father was adopted. Um, had he not been adopted, had he been aborted, my, I wouldn't be here. Right. More importantly, my children wouldn't be here. So, so I'm pro-life. However, I do um, support, you know, uh, unfortunately, during rape or incest, um, I do value the life of the mother as well. So, um, you know, but I have, you know, thought a lot about that, and that's certainly going to be something. But, but I support, you know, pro-life, but 
not in rape or incest and or the life of the mother. We're going to take a time out. Stay with us. When we come back, Drock's going to stay with us. I've got a couple more questions for how he'll deal with some issues that is on everybody's mind. And uh, we'll talk about the North Carolina Museum of Art and whether or not that needs a little bit more oversight. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We're talking to Drock Benson, who's running for the North Carolina House District 8 as a Republican. Uh, Drock, one of the things that we've dealing with uh, on a constant basis, I mean, it seemed to have really erupted about a year ago, and that is some of the things that are happening in our public school system, particularly with uh, books that are available in the library that are pornographic. Quite frankly, there have been people who I think have made an excellent point that some of these books, uh, not only are they available in the library, but sometimes they're assigned reading and uh, we're, we're exposing this material to minors, and I, I think a case can be made that the law is being broken here. Now, I, I know it, it, it's you want to be careful that you don't suddenly have a, the, the state legislature micromanaging education, but at the same time, uh, do we need to have some stronger laws and some stronger enforcement when you see these kind of things happening? And that we've had people on the program from right here in Pitt County where their kids were exposed to this. Your thoughts? Yes. Uh, I, I'm, of course, I've got four children. Um, I am against any sexuality being pushed upon them in our public schools. That's, there's really no place for that. Now, once they get around seventh grade i think obviously we do need sex education you know on on stds and stuff like that but but i don't think there's any room for any type of sexuality discussion there certainly doesn't need to be any sexuality uh books with with you know basically pornographic images um you know i'm against that and 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 i'm a libertarian you know pretty much and i don't mind i don't ask people what sexuality are and I, i don't care what sexuality they are um but I don't think that anybody needs to be discuss, discussing that in the school system. They don't need to be pushing it on the kids. Certainly not. <clears throat> Particularly young kids. Yeah. It can be very confusing. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I don't have anything against what people do in their own bedrooms, but it's, it's, I don't want it in the school system. Yeah, and, don't, and, and we, don't, we, don't want, we won't tell you what to do in your bedroom, and don't tell us what you did in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Drock, we, uh, earlier in the show we were talking about the horrible shooting in Raleigh. Um, well, I guess it was last Friday, and you know Thursday night. I guess. Well, Thursday, yeah, yeah, Thursday night. night. We've yeah. had a lot of uh, in the last few days, Democrats in particular coming out trying to politicize this and that type of thing. With with everything that's going on in in the country with with mass shootings, is there any common ground? Is there anything such that that you believe anything such as what is common gun sense legislation? And what what is your feelings on that? Well, it's my understanding that the weapon weapons involved in raleigh were a handgun and a shotgun um if it had been automatic weapon we would have heard about it immediately and and we'd been worn out by now about hearing about it and it's it's just a tragic situation no matter what type of gun it is um you know i heard you guys discussing the strength of marijuana 
And, um, I mean, that does make, make some sense to me. I think it's certainly mental illness. Um, you know, I drove to Mount Olive the other day and went through um, where Cherry Hospital used to be. There's thousands and thousands of rooms. It's thousands, you know, hundred, you know, tens of dormitories, and they're all empty. Yep. And you got to remember, all those people are on the street now. Yep. Mm. And and that was back when North Carolina had a smaller population. Now, thank you, Jimmy Carter. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so they're out on the street, oh. and, and you see them every day. Do do we need to? Does, does that need to be readdressed on the state level? Do we need to come back and say, okay, you know, maybe the feds want to no longer fund those kind of things, but is that something that North Carolina ought to reconsider? I don't know. I'm not an expert in that. However, I do think that one simple way would be just to, to enforce the laws that are on the books. Yeah. Yeah. So if people want to get involved with uh, – Drock Vincent and uh, your run for the North Carolina House. Uh, three weeks from yesterday is Election Day. Uh, yard signs, donations, etc. More information. How can they contact you? Um, VincentForHouse.com is the website. Okay. And my cell number is 252 252-412-212. Two one two zero. Well, I'd say you made yourself accessible. Yeah, <laughs> you might regret giving that out, I, I but don't uh, mind. They, and, they, can, and, they can find me at my business. <laughs> and remind everybody: early voting starts tomorrow. That's right. right. That's, yeah. right. That's right. So uh, get out, and uh, if you're Republican, get out and vote. If you're Democrat, get out early and vote often. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Drock, thanks for coming by. Anything else? Uh, but by the way, did you mention uh, your wife and kids? How many you got? I, I mean, have, just one wife, right? That's well, no, two. <laughs> I, I, have, I was married before the Great Recession, and uh, and that that was one of the things that didn't make it through. And then, oh, uh, sorry. And then I, but I've got a wonderful wife, and 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 we. She didn't have any children. We had two more children. There you go. So. Your kids' names are um, Lucy, Anna. Driver and um, Jenny. Okay. And Driver is the uh, one that's playing Little League and that's football? That's right. He all plays right. for the host. I, I see Drock all the time out at uh, Little League games and football yeah. games. So. Yeah, we, well, thanks for coming in. Listen, we got to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for being with us. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow at 5. Play a little political trivia. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.